0: Decades to analyze and debate it. From the Press Box to Press Row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics as well as the biggest news stories and news makers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the Press Box to Press Row, here's your host, Donald Ware.
1: Once again, thank you for joining me on another edition of Box to Row. I am your host, We're a whole lot to get to on today's program. I think it best right now to kind of set the table for you. Didn't have a chance last week. You've listened to this show for any amount of time. You know that I'm a huge Washington Commanders fan. The sale is official. Josh Harris is officially the majority owner or the new owner of of the Washington Commanders. He has some other minority owners, including Magic Johnson. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Had a chance to be at SWAC Media Day in Birmingham on Tuesday. Going to talk more about that. Was at MiAC Media Day on Friday in Norfolk. Going to talk about that as well. And today you're going to hear from Fred McNair, the head football coach at Alcorn State I uh, had a chance to catch up with him, and you're going to hear from Fred McNair, the head football coach of the Alcorn State Braves, looking to make a bounce back uh, this year in the SWAC. What's the better conference? Is it the MEAC or the SWAC? going to have some thoughts on that and i want you to weigh in on that as well you can hit me up via twitter at box to b-o-x-t-o-r-o-w those that are familiar with the SWAC and the MIAC, what's the better conference and why because there are there are a couple of different layers uh to this and i want to get more I, I was having this conversation with someone at SWAC media day and, and i want to get into that a little bit more today on the program. If you want to participate here on Box to Row, you certainly can do that. Hit me up via Twitter, as I mentioned, at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W, or on my personal Twitter account at D One, at D One. Can I start here with Swack Media Day, which happened just this past Tuesday? In Birmingham, and I hadn't been to Swack Media Day since 2019, so it'd been four years. They didn't have obviously a SWAC Media Day in 2020. They, I think it was they had one in 21, probably a little bit more limited, more virtual, uh, but there were some people, and then of course it kind of came back last year uh, in 2022. and I'll say this th- this was a good SWAC Media Day because now we're in the era in the SWAC the the era of post deon Sanders. So as me, as many more media members that may have been at Swack Media Day, maybe not as many as last year. However, there were there were uh, there was a good amount. Like I'm of the opinion that like you have what they you know you have the SEC Media Days or the ACC Media Days or the Pac-12 media days. I'm of the opinion that with the SWAC, and I was having this conversation with Mike Wallace, the senior editor of Grind City Media, who you know comes on this show quite often, talks NBA. And, of course, Grind City Media does a lot of different things, including some HBCU coverage, uh, and uh, specifically the only uh, team in the NBA that covers HBCUs. Mike doing a tremendous job. But he mentioned, and, and I agree, that there may be an opportunity for there to be multiple days for a SWAC media day. And the reason being is this. You have 12 teams. You have – so that's 12 coaches, two players. So that's 24 players. If you want to talk with everyone, now you're talking about 72 principles, if you will, or meaning if you have a player and or two players and a coach, that's three. Excuse me, not, not that many. But you have three. It's 36. I said 72, 36. You have three – meaning a coach and two players per team. So that's 36 people to kind of talk to. And if you, in the way that SWAC Media Day does it, there's an opportunity uh, In in back in the old days. And just for those that don't know. So back in the old days, you would have your coach. The players weren't even part of this going back maybe six, seven, eight years ago. But you'd have the coach. You'd have uh, a bunch of media members Come over at one time. Talk. Well, all the coaches were at separate tables for, let's say, an hour, and you'd go to the different tables and ask your question. And it was sort of a deal where, uh, where, where each where member uh, media members kind of called out questions and so forth. Now, because of the the TV and digital piece, um, there's a lot of one-on-one opportunities. For these coaches, with all with with um, uh, responsibilities to you know to the HBCU goes of the world, to the ESPNs of the world, etc., and then you have individuals like where You have an individual entity like Boxter that may want to that may be in another part or another room. And there's a bunch of other entities in that room, and those coaches and players can kind of talk to those. Uh, particular entities. I, I didn't want to do it that way. Uh, this year we had the opportunity. I just wanted to kind of get a field talk with some of the coaches. I was able to had never met Bubba McDowell, the head coach at Prairie View A and M. Had a chance to talk with him uh, a little bit. I did interview um Alcorn State as uh, Alcorn State head football coach, um Fred McNair. As I mentioned, and I'll talk uh, will replay part of that interview. Um, a little bit later on, I had a chance to talk to a couple of his players, uh, Malachi Bailey, defensive end or defensive lineman, and then and also Jarvian Howard, um, the running back. But I had a chance just to kind of talk with Willie Simmons, the head coach of Florida A&M, and just talk with them. You know, not necessarily on mic or on camera. Just kind of talk with them. And, that, you know, I, I did that with a couple of players, so that was sort of the way that I approached it. But you really could have multiple days of this because if you're talking, trying to talk with 36 people, uh, right, in essence – I mean, and you want to talk one-on-one with those 36 people, and let's say, you know, an entity like ours, we want to get at least five to seven minutes. I love to have 10, but at least five to seven minutes. I mean, you need a couple of days probably uh, to do that. Nonetheless, I think the SWAC does an absolutely tremendous job. It was awesome to see some colleagues uh, that I hadn't seen in a while, like Roy Evans from BCSN or, you know, Dr. Cavill, um, you know, he's got his hands in so many different things. Um, you know, Santoria Black, the play-by-play voice for Grambling. doing a lot of things. He's running. You know, he's got so many things that he's got going on. It was great to, to see him and talk with him momentarily. Charles Edmund, the play-by-play voice for Alcorn State Football. I'm not even sure between Charles and Santoria, who's been calling respective schools the longest. But those two guys are phenomenal. I mean, you know. Charles Edmond called uh, called um, uh, called Steve McNair games Uh, you know and you know uh, with Grambling State that Santoria Black over you know maybe a 30-year period has seen it all too Uh, going back to 80 to to the days of Eddie Robinson the latter days of Eddie Robinson there as uh, the head coach so it was great to see colleagues and friends um, hadn't been there in quite some time so uh, that part of it I mentioned Mike Wallace the senior editor of Grind City Media. They have an HBCU element uh, to Grind City Media, so it was great to see him along with his partner, partner CJ. They often invite me to come on their podcast, HBCU Huddle, which I enjoy doing. So, you know, that part of it was great, talking with some of the coaches, um, seeing some of the coaches. I had a chance to talk with Jarvian Howard, uh, who is, uh, of course, the running back, HBCU All-America, as a matter of fact, the HBCU All-America team will be released next week. Jarvian Jarvi and Howard going to be one of those members at running back. You know, I thought, I thought that Jarvian and Howard should have been um the preseason player of the year in the SWAC. I would have picked Jarvee and Howard over Jeremy Musa, the quarterback at Florida AM. I think there was more. Uh, but but now when you look at Florida A and M, I think they had overall more production offensively last year, and Jeremy Moose is not going to do anything but get better. When you're talking about him now being in his second year in the Willie Simmons system because he was trying to kind of figure some things out and he still put up some pretty decent numbers uh better than decent numbers actually on last year he had Xavier Smith and a lot of these guys David Manigo and all you know all these guys that he had the, the, the was had an opportunity to throw the football to um and and as um uh, coach Simmons calls them the rack boys there are still elements of the rack boys. Uh, run after catch boys, the receivers that are coming back for uh, Florida uh and So you know, they, I, I I think it's fine. But for me, Jarvey and Howard was the offense for Old Corn State. Had Old Corn State had any semblance of an offense on last year, then I think you would have been talking about Old State perhaps winning that SWAC Western Division. It's almost as if Southern won the SWAC. Western Division by default in a way, uh, down the stretch it's I think what Prairie View A&M had an opportunity to really take it faltered down. The, matter of fact, it was that last day. I think Prairie View A lost, allcorn lost, Texas Southern lost. Southern ended up winning, and Southern ended up winning uh, or uh, being the, the Western Division in playing Jackson State uh, in that SWAC Championship game. So, uh, but I I like Southern this year, and I'm going to talk a little bit more. About the expectations, who I think will be in the champion in the respective championship games in the SWAC. Um, again, for me, for my money, Jarvian Howard, I would have had as the preseason player uh, of the year offensively. And then from a defensive perspective, the player of the year, Sundiata Anderson, the defensive lineman. For Grambling, I'm fine with that. I mean, I, I you know you look at Colton Adams, who I believe Colton Adams led the swack in tackles, the linebacker for Alabama State. Um, he's he's uh, definitely going to be on the HBCU All America team, which is going to be released on next week uh, as well. But but you know Sandiata Anderson really had a good season, put up some good numbers, and I think you know I, I think this is this has got to be the year for Grambling. I mean Grambling's got to have better production than the 3 and 8 season that it had on last year and I think from a defensive perspective um because I think you we we know we 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 feel decent at least I do offensively that Gramlin's going to be able to get it done um this year uh defensively when you have a guy like an Anderson I think that's uh where it's going to what it's going to be about we know Hugh Jackson knows offenses It's got the right quarterback in place. His offense should work, but where is Grambling defensively? And I think when you have a guy like a Sundiata Anderson, I mean, that makes all the difference in the world. So plenty of swag talk still to come here on Box to Row. Plenty of MIAC talk still to come here on Box to Row. Um, And a conversation with Old Corn State head football coach Fred McNair is on the way as Box to Row. Rolls on. Oh,
0: yeah, so
2: the old renaissance is the new renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewer Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitney, the Neighborhood original.
1: Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing, North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets, Harris Teeter, Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwellies, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right
0: now. 800 425 6588 800 425 6588 800 425 6588 That's 800 425 6588 BoxToRow.com Box is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. On the Game of the Week features the latest news in the world of hbcu sports box to row.com as you covered missed a week of from the press box to press row box to row.com has all the archive shows don't forget to check out the all-american teams and weekly media coaches polls from the press box to press row and box to row.com your hbcu sports leader you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box, row. To, box, to, row. Row. box to Row. Box to Row.
1: Welcome back to Box to Row. You can join us on the conversation. Hit us up via Twitter at box row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number 2-R-O-W. You can also hit me up via my personal Twitter account, do. at d one at D-Ware1. Big shots out to Power 750 WAUG in Raleigh. That's where we're currently located. Our regular studio is under construction. As a matter of fact, we're going to revamp it more so, not only for this show, but for our video purposes or for video purposes as well. As you guys know, a lot of times we do a lot of these uh, interviews or conversations and we have a video element to it that you can check out on our YouTube page, the Botch to Row YouTube page. Um, So those are in those uh, uh, as a matter of fact, studios are, uh, are are being worked on. So we appreciate uh, power 750 WAUG for allowing us to use uh, the studio here. As a matter of fact, on the campus, of St. Augustine's University. So Friday was MEAC Media Day. So again, hadn't been to a MEAC Media Day since 2019. Not as many media, okay? Uh, And and, and this is not why I asked the question, but I'm going to ask the question again and give you my thoughts, and I want you to weigh in on this um, as well. And if we have an opportunity, we will read what you have to say. What's the better conference and why between... The swack and the miak. And, and let me quantify better. I mean, I mean on the field, like there's so many, and I said layers, there's so many different elements to who you could say the better conference is. You could weigh in the support, you could weigh in tradition. You can weigh in in terms of uh, geographical location. Uh, you could weigh, uh, so many things. You can weigh into the play on the field. You can weigh into financial solvency, which both conferences are doing well financially. But what's the better conference? And I think when I say better, I mean on the field. What's the better conference? Who has the, Who's the better conference? Top to bottom on the field. And I wouldn't just say because of... The Celebration Bowl. I mean, you can take that into account. If you did, I mean, obviously it would be the Mi'ak because the SWACs only won one celebrate, uh, Celebration Bowl. They played um, how many Celebration Bowls since 2015? Less um, 2020. Uh, so what's that? Seven Celebration Bowls. Whatever it is, um, and the Mi'ak has won all but one of those. Uh, but I, I don't. I don't even take that into account. Uh, just Celebration Bowls, top to bottom. What's the better conference? I'm going to talk more about that, but I want to want you to weigh in as well. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row B O X T O R O W, or on Facebook B O X the number two R O W. Also on my personal Twitter account at D Wear One at D Wear One. So Friday in Norfolk, not as many media members um, were there uh, at in Norfolk, um, although. Uh, you you had had some, and there's still again you have the element, and very much like I talked about the SWAC, it's sort of a deal where uh, because obviously there are less coaches, only six coaches, so you have your individual table, and basically the you have an opportunity. The coaches have the coaches and players have their own table that they can sit at. Media members can come up to that table, and the coaches, with the help of the sports information directors, will walk around to uh, individual. Tables as well, so I I did get some. uh, That was more. I was more um, interested in getting interviews, and 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 I learned something. I learned something from Miac Media Day that hey, getting the interview is cool, but talking with the coaches is cooler. You know what I mean? Like off mic, you know, off camera, that type of thing. So I learned that from Miac Media Day about uh, Swac Media Day, and and was a little bit more informal. But I had a chance to talk with all of the coaches. Um, there at MIAC Media Day, there's more opportunity, right? Because there's less coaches and less media. Um, they only give you, meaning the MIAC, about an hour or so to talk with all of the coaches, uh, and the players as well. So you're talking about 18 principals, or when you take into account two players and a coach, that's three for each school, times six, that's 18, um, players, coach, et cetera, that you have an opportunity. Uh, to talk to, and it was—I mean, listen—they had a breakfast before that, right? This was a little bit different. Now, maybe they had this last year because I wasn't there. Miac Me, Power Men's Breakfast or something to that effect, and the speaker was none other than Antoine Bethay, uh, who played, of course, his collegiate ball. At Howard University, Super Bowl champion, three-time pro bowler. When I did my top 100 NFL players of all time that played at HBCUs, I did that list for USA Today back in 2019. I had Antoine. I forget where I had him, but he certainly was on my list. And he really had some great things to really say about empowerment breakfast. So really some great things to say uh, from an empowerment standpoint um, you know, he's doing a lot of things in the community. He's going to be doing some color analysis for some of these HBCU football games uh, this year. So I don't think you had a better speaker, by the way, those that don't know who Antoine, but is. So um, he was a 2006 draft, uh, the 2006 NFL draft six round draft pick by the Indianapolis Colts. Tony Dungy was coaching at the time. He became One of the starters at the safety position, and I think he played strong safety from day one and throughout the course of his career, which was 13 seasons, it was only like his last season or two because he he, one of the seasons he missed almost the entire season coming off, I believe it was an ACL. But, I mean, this guy basically for the first 10 years of his career, every game he played in, he started. So he started out with uh, the Colts, played with the Colts for most of his career. Then he had stints uh, with the San Francisco 49ers and the Giants as well before hanging it up. Um, You know, I remember Antoine when he was at Howard, um, and and he and I were talking, and I I reminded him, hey, you know your first – because he's done a bunch of stuff. But I say, hey, you know your first national radio interview was on Box to Row two weeks prior to the NFL draft in 2006. And by the way, during that draft, uh, we also had Tavares Jackson. Rest in peace to Tavares Jackson, who played at Alabama State at the time, I uh, was drafted in that draft in the third round by the Vikings and then, of course, won a Super Bowl uh, with the Seattle uh, Seahawks. Uh, we also had Bruce Eugene, the quarterback for – for Grambling and uh one other young man the, the the uh his name is escaping me played at Grambling also he played with the Cowboys who drafted by the Cowboys in that draft and by the then Washington Redskins as well so we you know had the gamut but he remembered that when he came he's always come on the show been a friend um to the program and so uh it was good to have him as part of that empowerment Breakfast because it was something that those players could really um, take hold of some of the things that he was really saying. And by the way, afterwards, I mean, you talk about a a guy that, that, you know, uh, uh, all the players wanting to get pictures with him and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, he is very well respected, had a really, really good NFL career uh, for 13 years. But that's how it started at the MIAC. And then, of course, you had the opportunity to talk to various coaches, and I had a chance to talk with all of them. As a matter of fact, in subsequent weeks you'll hear from some of those coaches had a good conversation with damon wilson the head football coach at morgan and some of the expectations for the morgan state bears uh this year for me and i didn't get to this uh, on the swag in terms of and i'll get to it next segment the segment after that and giving you my thoughts in terms of who i think is ultimately going to win the swag my uh, and i don't really know if this is a dark horse right like I think the easy pick in terms of the MEAC, in terms of winning the MEAC, I think the easy pick is North Carolina Central, right? I mean, you've got the best quarterback in HBCU uh, coming back in Davius Richard. They've got, you know, defensive back Khalil Baker coming back. Some other really, really good pieces coming back. The offensive line is going to be solid for North Carolina Central. Latrell Collier, the running back, uh, Olivo. Trey Oliver – has his hands full in terms of making sure that the Eagles have the right mindset. I think that's what happened to some degree. And uh, Coach Buddy Pugh agreed when I talked with him last Friday at MEAC Media Day, the Bulldogs were complacent a little bit last year coming off the big win, the uh, the big celebration bowl win, but again, getting hot down the stretch to even make the celebration bowl. So I think I think uh, uh, Coach Oliver, Trey Oliver, has his work cut out for him uh, in terms of making sure that those guys have the right mindset. And I think he'll make sure that those guys have the right mindset. But I look at Howard. um, I look at Quentin Williams and some of the players that Howard has coming back. Jarrett Hunter, uh, the running back, he's really, really good. They've got some offensive linemen. The defense should be good this year. I had a chance to – um, uh, you know, at Miac media day to talk with some Howard personnel as well. So, I, you know, I think coach Scott, as a matter of fact, talking with Larry Scott, I think his guys will have the right mindset this year. And so I would say Howard as a dark horse, but I, I, I do, I do like North Carolina central. I think the talent level is there and what the Eagles were able to accomplish last year. Want to show that it's not a fluke. And I do think that the Eagles will come out victorious, but I'm not sleeping on South Carolina State either. I mean, a good Godbolt in green, uh, the two defensive ends return, okay? I think that's big as well. Corey, the quarterback, returns for South Carolina State as well. I think that's that's big that you're talking now about a, 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 a third or fourth year in that South Carolina State system. And while I think North Carolina Central is the team, I mean, Morgan's going to be better. Like Morgan's going to be better this year as well. So I mean, I think when I'm looking at the MIAC, and I'm, we're going to ask the question a little bit later on. We are ask, we'll ask it now and discuss it a little bit later on. what's the better conference between the SWAC and the MIAC? I think the MIAC really gets its weight up this year. Uh, Ho- Howard's going to be good. South Carolina State's going to rebound. I think Morgan State will be better. Uh, Norfolk State uh, in 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 with Coach Dawson Odoms. You know he's going to have those guys much better. That was a bit of a surprise that that team went two and nine uh, on last year, three and eight. What I think was two and nine, considering his first year with six and five, with an opportunity to win the Miac his first year as the head coach in 2021. And I think even with Delaware State, Lee Hull returns to the Miac. Remember, Lee, Lee Hull was the head coach at Morgan in 2014 when he had the five way tie in the Miac for the because there's no championship game, so. Five way tie, and the tiebreaker was it was uh, some uh, I forget what it was. I think if you had the most wins um, against non conference opponents at the Division I level, is who it was who would make the playoffs. And Morgan State made the playoffs that year in 2014. You've got it locked to box the row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Up next here on the program, gonna ask the question. The better conference between the Miac and the SWAC.
0: You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row.
1: That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for. Them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to you know go to work and and know that you're gonna be uh you know they're gonna cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Michael B. Jordan, and, and, I, and I think it's a testament to you know what HBCUs mean to people. You know, and and and, and having that community and culture and shining a light on the universities. You know, what I'm saying in a real way and creating a pipeline from these kids in high school and making them feel good about wanting to land at HBCU. We have high you know high high talent um, and often It's gone and shipped out to other places. It's never poured back into the community. So if we can create an environment that's cool and a beacon of light, and people want to feel like they want to be here, and so putting it on the national stage is really big. You know, most of the time these kids don't get televised games. You know what I'm saying? So be able to put them on Turner in a real way is really, really important. Um, And and, and then the brands and then the sponsors. You know what I'm saying? And getting you know the NBA you know scouts and looks to come in and hopefully like build this thing bigger. The one and only Stephen A. Smith. It's my sincere hope that when my ride ends, I'll get a big hug and a big thank you for what I tried to do for other people when I was at the top, because that's all you have to lean on at the end of the day, bro. I mean, I, I plan on being successful for years to come, but it ain't gonna last forever. And, you know, when my day comes, when, when it's the end of the road and it's time for somebody else to be in my seat, in my chair, you know, it's my hope that whoever those, that person or those people are, people that knew I cared about them and believed in them. To help them get to this place Hey Spike Lee Thank you, I haven't heard that
0: I mean I've been on rails all over the nation Thank you for that question I'm a third generation Morehouse man I was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man. The same way you feel about your school. The same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway. And I'm proud to be a Morehouse man.
1: I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams.
0: That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had just like that. You know, it's was really focused. Just really, you know,
1: excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college Davidson. And uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to
0: talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be what 14 years you get to you. You know what, it's good,
2: and, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better, and, and that's what I love,
1: man. So thank you. I appreciate you. As we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi
0: State University? <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school and after that I
1: got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Day Roberts, manager of the LA Dodgers, to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers. What does that mean?
0: To you? I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that have really come to light, which is I believe are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball to do things the right way, to hopefully give other people of color opportunity. Hopefully, it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake.
1: Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, Clay, in a real way. I mean, I'm so honest. The football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school.
0: We have over 50 kids that have gone to Division
1: I. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great. To bring it back to one Salem State University uh, black college something that my city had never seen before may never see again and just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melo. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. Kyrie Irving playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now?
2: Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you no know, big package for you to become a better player. But for me, it was playing for Coach K. He gave me the keys to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an
1: experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey, man, thanks for letting me talk a little more music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey, y'all. It is the EST of WWE. The strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best on box to row From
2: the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at Box2Row.com.
1: That's From the Press Box to Press Row. Real. Relevant. Radio. Welcome back to Box to Row. You can join us on the conversation. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row B O X T O R O W or on my personal Twitter account at dware1 at dware1. So, in the last segment, talking a little MIAC football. In the first segment, talking a little SWAC football. Remember, as a reminder, the HBCU All America team will be released early next week. So be on the lookout for the all America team, where you can find it at box So who, which is the better conference in terms of football and the teams in the conference? Is it the SWAC or is it the MIAC? Now there are a couple of different dynamics or a couple of different levels that I talked about with this. Uh, number, number one uh, on the field. And that's the main question on the field in terms of teams, programs, which is the better conference. Now, the last couple of years, I mean, you could, I, I mean, if I go back to the 2021 season, um, I look at Jackson state, uh, Jackson state had a, a tremendous season, uh, only, only, only two losses, one, uh, to Louisiana Monroe, and the other uh, was to north it was to south carolina state in the celebration bowl also that year florida AM made it to the playoffs it's only they only the, the rattlers only two losses at the hands uh well three overall uh, because florida A&M ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs but it was to jackson state uh, in the season and i forget who the other team was if you look at the other teams, I mean, I think Alabama and, and I'm just going off the top of my head, had a, had a solid season that year. Um, I'm look if I think about, uh, the, the Western division on the other side of the football, going back to the 2021 season, I'm trying to think, I think, I think it may have been Prairie View A&M. It may have been Prairie View A&M that, uh, was in the, uh, yes, Prairie View A&M as I look it up here was in the SWAC championship game against Jackson State. Eric Dooley was the head coach there at Prairie View A&M. I mean, you had Old Cornhead just moved over from the Eastern Division to the Western Division. So even that year, because that year is the first year that the MEAC only had the six teams, while SWAC had 12 with the additions of both Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman. And Florida A&M had a really, really really strong season. I mean, I think I would make the argument for the swag that particular year overall. And like I said previously, like, can you, I mean, I don't think you can just count the celebration bowl. Like it has to be more than that. Although in that same year, to open the, the 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 season between the, the with the Miac Swack Challenge, North Carolina Central defeated Mississippi Valley State. Came from behind to defeat Mississippi Valley State uh, that year as well. So I don't think you can just judge off Miac Swack Challenge and Celebration Bowl. I would make the argument probably that year because South Carolina State got off to the slow start, got hot down the stretch, and won the conference. Um, North Carolina Central wasn't the North Carolina Central that we know now. Uh, um, you look at Howard; Howard wasn't that team. Morgan State struggled. Delaware State was on the rise, but wasn't wasn't great. So, I I, I definitely think the SWAC was better in terms of 2021. If I look at 2022, and I can make the same argument for the swag. I mean, Jackson state was undefeated up until losing to North Carolina central in the celebration bowl, Florida A&M was solid and not into season, but this, I mean, Florida A&M had a weak schedule and quite frankly, quite frankly, to me, Florida A&M not getting into the playoffs was because the swag wasn't very good. Okay. Um, I think it's hard to make the comparison to me. Okay. And I know I asked the question, but I think it's been hard to make the comparison between what the better conference is between SWAC and MIAC for the last two years, because there's a big discrepancy in terms of the number of teams. You have double the teams in the SWAC that you have in the MIAC, So 12 to six, the last couple of years. Um, So maybe I would have to say that we should take the celebration bowl into consideration. But I thought this, I thought the Miac. I mean, when you look at North Carolina Central, I mean, North Carolina Central sort of ran away with it. And then there was everybody else, although, um, you know, Delaware State had its opportunities down the stretch and uh, just couldn't get it done. So I would argue the SWAC overall, but again, North Carolina Central won the celebration bowl. So let's, let's go back to before COVID and before uh, Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman made its transition into the SWAC. What was the better conference between the SWAC and the MEAC? Well, I would definitely argue the MEAC overall. Um, I think you look at what North Carolina A&T and, the, and the, the dominance really of A&T, particularly in 2018 and 2019, but that doesn't mean Florida A&M wasn't right there. Florida A&M started to really make its run to its last couple of years in the MEAC before going to the SWAC. So really the SWAC benefited as a whole from Florida A&M joining the conference and Florida A&M being very strong in the MEAC the previous two years. So I would make that argument that probably the MEAC was better with A&T, Florida A&M. I mean, South Carolina state was still right there, but Thune Cookman uh, wasn't bad. Uh, and if I look at top to bottom at that time, when I'm looking at the SWAC, it was really corn State. It was like corn, it was almost corn State and everybody else. Jackson State wasn't the Jackson State that we've known the last two years. Um, you know, Alabama A&M was making a run, I will say that. Alabama A&M was making a bit of a run there. Um, but still, for me, if I had to to say if I go back 19 and before to me the better conference was MiAC but now the I think the better conference is the SWAC although on the field on the field especially in the Celebration Bowl and the HBCU National Championship you would definitely have to say uh, that the MiAC was better. And and I the only reason I bring this up because I think sometimes there and really, it's not like MIAC is that far behind. It, again, it's you know, it, it's, it's, it's tough to make the comparison because um, you have double the team. So, if I looked at the top three teams in the MIAC and I took the top three teams in the SWAC, I still would say the SWAC has been better the last couple of years. But when you look at other things outside of just on the field, if I look at tradition. Well, the SWAC's been around a very long time. The SWAC's been around since 1923. Meanwhile, the MIAC was formed in 1970. Okay, now if I look at if I look at fan bases, um, no question, SWAC is better. I mean, A T's fan base one once upon a time. Because again, we're we're talking about now. Like there there aren't any fan bases in the MIAC that travel that well. Certainly none that travel like Jackson State and Southern's uh, fan bases travel. And that doesn't even uh, include an Alcorn State who we've seen Alcorn State travel, uh, particularly when it comes to the Celebration Bowl when Alcorn State has been in the this, this Celebration or had been in the Celebration Bowl the previous couple of years. So there's no doubt when you're talking about the t- tradition, uh, when you're talking about the fan bases, that that belongs to SWAC. Players that have played in the National Football League the last few years or so. Now, when it comes to players in the National Football League, the advantage goes to the Miak. I mean, almost South Carolina State in of itself, and in, in South Carolina State in of itself probably has the two best uh, HBCU players, arguably. Anyway, I, I think I think you could say, you could you could say that the two best players from HBCUs playing currently playing in the National Football League um, are uh, Javon Hargrave, who's with the 49ers out of South Carolina State, and Darius Leonard, who was plagued by injuries last year, plays for the Colts, uh, also out of South Carolina State. But you could make the argument for Teron Armstead. And as a matter of fact, I'd have to look to see who's the most highest player, although you've got Titus Howard, who's uh, gotten a new contract at Alabama State, um, as well in terms of the financials. Uh, But I think we've had more players that have played over the last five years that have uh, five or to seven years or so that have uh, played in the National Football League that have come out of the MEAC. Um, But again, I would say currently top to bottom, you'd have to say the swag. again, hard to make the comparison when you're talking about 12 teams to six. And even if I went with a pound for pound scenario, in other words, if I said something, okay, I'll take the top three, you know, even if I took the top six teams in the SWAC to the, the top the the only six teams in the MIAC, it still would be uh it still would currently be the SWAC. Although, again, last year I cannot I, I cannot say enough that I would have to go to the celebration bowl um to make the determination. Yeah, I mean if I look across the board. I mean, if I look at the number of of teams that um, did not look at the number of MiAC teams that that did not have winning records, I think it was North Carolina Central who ran away with it, and, and NCCU was like nine and three last year, ten and two last year, and then off the top of my head, I know Norfolk had it. Norfolk State had a losing season. Dell State had a losing season. Um, uh, Morgan had a losing season. Um, off the top of my head. And I'm trying to think Howard was sub 500. Um, so uh, again, you, you know, top to bottom, I still would argue uh, the SWAC. But over a longer period of time, especially when a was in the conference and Bethune-Cookman and Florida AM was in the conference, I think the, the better conference was the MIAC. Your thoughts. I said a lot there, but if I say currently, let me be clear. Currently, I think the SWAC is better than the MIAC top to bottom your thoughts hit me up via twitter at box to row b-o-x-t-o-r-o-w on my personal twitter account at d one at dware one as promised still to come you're going to hear from fred mcnair the head football coach at all corn state had a chance to catch up with him during swack media day On Tuesday, we're going to have to table the discussion about the Washington Commanders. We'll try to pick that up um, in the next couple of weeks. New ownership, it's official. Josh Harris and his ownership group, officially the owners of the Washington Commanders. A lot of people obviously wanted this sale to come through. I think all of Washington wanted this to happen to be from under the thumb of Daniel Schneider and his regime. It's it just been negative story after negative story. Just bad thing after bad thing. So if you're a Washington Commanders fan, it's definitely a, a good day. But the question becomes, now, does the team change the name? We've got more of Box to Row on the other side. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the sixth Box to Row countdown to kickoff. And we're excited to welcome head coaches from area colleges and universities to the capital city. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. The GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. In 2022, Raleigh was named Sports Travel Best Host City. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raleigh NC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season.
0: It's Donald Ware from the press box to press
1: row. In the last segment, we spoke about, and I gave you my thoughts on the better conference on the field between SWAC and MIAC. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Give me your thoughts. What do you think is the better conference between the SWAC and the MIAC? Also on my personal Twitter account at d one at d one Let's take a look at the Row preseason HBCU football media poll. And I don't think there was any doubt that number one was going to be North Carolina Central, the defending HBCU national champions, as I mentioned, a uh, lot of firepower coming back. They've lost some guys, no doubt, uh, particularly to the transfer portal. You heard uh, Trey Oliver. If you listened to the show last week, if you watched uh, our countdown to kickoff a couple of weeks ago, he spoke to that. They lost some guys to the transfer portal, but to be able to to retain a Davious Richard, who um, you know to me was the best overall quarterback in HBCU football last year I mean he could throw it he could run it he was responsible for 40 touchdowns 24 throwing 16 of those passing he had an off the charts efficiency rating he completed for NX uh, about 64 percent of his passes I mean he had absolutely tremendous season and rush for over 700 yards and look at the performance he was responsible for I think it was three maybe three well maybe four but at least three touchdowns in the celebration bowl so no doubt that North Carolina Central would be number 1 receiving uh, all but 3 of the first place votes which the other 3 went to number 2 Florida A&M now again for me I like the Rattlers I like what the Rattlers are bringing to the table uh quarterback Jeremy Musa uh, a second year in this Willie Simmons offense He's got some receivers. Um, He's got a good offensive line. The defense is going to be, I think, really, really good. But this is the window. Like, I think Florida A&M has a tremendous amount of pressure on its back. Listen, you you had this situation uh, last week where – Uh, Willie Simmons suspended all football related activities because if you hadn't heard about this, uh, because uh, a a, a Tallahassee rapper who had been associated with Florida uh, A&M for in years past had come in and done a video shot, a video that used um, language that uh, uh, Coach Simmons uh, felt inappropriate. He addressed the matter. He said, I'm all for freedom of speech, but not as is associated in, in the manner in which it was associated with the Florida A&M program and some Florida A&M gear, I guess, was used in this video, was shot in the locker room. And so initially, he suspended all uh, activities. And then uh, by the time the SWAC Media Day come, came around, activities had been reinstated, but the investigation was still ongoing. I would imagine, I, I don't exactly know what happened. It's still a little bit sketchy. Uh, to me, whether this was uh, initially Willie Sim, uh, Simmons's decision to suspend all football-related activities, I, I, I would assume he got the okay from AD, from administ- administration, I'm not entirely sure, but it was a reversal uh, by the time SWAC Media Day came around. But, I mean, in, in terms of what happened, I would I would imagine maybe because that was one of the things that was reported that they weren't sure how this rapper boston uh i forget his last forget his last name or his moniker but boston uh, some uh, something I, I apologize i don't have his last name uh, in front of me but how he was even able to get into the locker room to film this video i would imagine maybe if if if, if, uh, if putting two to two two and two together the football players allowed access or some of them allowed access Uh, For him to be able to get in to do this Uh, in any event, you know, this is the second year in a row that something preseason happened with Florida A&M this and then last year you had the situation where some of the players weren't even certified, maybe hurt a guy like an Isaiah land who. Who didn't get certified? I believe until Game Three, but that was after the UNC game, which he would have had an opportunity to play against some, an FBS opponent to really, really show what he could do. So, some self-inflicted wounds, uh, particularly this year, with respect to Florida A&M. But what I would say is a lot of pressure on. I think it's a lot of pressure because people are they're picking Florida A&M to win the East. Almost by default, no Deion Sanders, no hype. All of that is gone. I mean, I'll get to Jackson state momentarily, but again, I think, I think it's a lot of pressure on, uh, on the Florida A&M program. And then Jackson state at number three. Now, if I had a pick, I, I would have picked Florida A&M to win the East over Jackson state. I think Jackson state is going to be better than people thinks they, the tigers are TC Taylor it is vested in the program. He's a player, he's a really good receiver, a really good player when he played at Jackson State. He'd been part of this uh, Jackson State program the last, what, four four years or so. And But my pause would be this, some good players returning, but you got 70 new players to the program. That's a lot of new players to a program to try to compete against a Florida A&M who's, who's loaded. Florida a is loaded. And remember, Florida A&M had been building to this, going back to recruiting classes, even in COVID, 2021. Some really, really good recruiting classes. And so that said, um, you know, Jackson State is is third in the media poll. Number four is Benedict. When you look at uh, Benedict uh, went undefeated on last season. You know, I look at the SIAC, and, and I think Fort Valley State is definitely going to challenge um, I don't think there's any, any question about that. Uh, Fort Valley State, the Wildcats are definitely, definitely going to challenge. Um, but listen, this is a Benedict team. I think, you know, it's a really, really good program. And uh, that said, I, I, I'm not going to say that Benedict is going to run away, you know, not going to run away from everybody. But that said, you know this is going to be a really, really good program, and I really like uh, what uh, what is returning there uh, at Benedict. So number four in the media poll, tied for five, Southern and North Carolina A&T. I really like Southern. I like Southern to win the Western Division, um, and and that, and I think what's ultimately going to be the matchup in the SWAC Championship game between Southern and Florida A&M. And then also tied at number five, North Carolina A&T. And this may be, you know, I would say going in that this would be a tough season for the Aggies because you're coming into the CAA, one of, if not the best conference in FCS. Um, but three quarterbacks come back that played last year or any of the three could start. Running backs come back. Offensive line is going to be really, really good intact. We'll see how the defense is. And then you've got Vincent Brown, who's... Been a, a a an assistant coach in the FC in the uh in the CAA for the last four years. Um, I mean that looms large, and then of course he's a Bill Parcell's disciple. Um number seven is Howard. I like Howard, as I mentioned, as my dark horse in the MiAC. Number eight, Virginia Union, gonna be really, really good. I, I don't understand how Bowie State was picked over Virginia Union in the CIAA preseason poll. Union's got Jada Byers, the running back coming back. Number nine is Prairie View A&M, and then tied for 10, Fayetteville State and Alabama State. Um, I don't think Fayetteville State is getting the respect that it deserves after winning the CIAA championship. In all fairness, the Broncos lose some pieces, but I never count Richard Hayes out. So, as promised, had a chance on Tuesday to catch up with Fred McNair, the head football coach at Allcorn State. And we talked about the Braves program trying to bounce back in 2023
2: oh man i tell you what we could have been better uh we did some things that out of character we didn't we didn't uh finish the way we should have uh five and six wasn't the plan you know expectation was a whole lot higher than than what, it, what we finished so hopefully this year we get it all together and uh, the coaching staff and his players to to get this thing going back in the right direction and get to where we was two years ago we win the conference and, and win the swag championship so that's our ultimate goal this year uh, win the West and come back and, and compete for the Swag Championship and, and make it back to the Celebration Bowl. So expectations still high with us, and we're going to continue to work as coaches to, to make everything possible for, for the young men that we've been to.
1: brought Malachi defensively, Jarvian offensively, speak to what each of those guys are going to mean to the respective sides of the football.
2: The biggest thing what they bring to the table, man, and, and you know, it's, it's not, it's no... Other plan and when, when you got a guy like jogging on you know, running the ball against the defense, and you're seeing Malachi Bailey on the other side uh, sacking people, and, and the leadership the guys have, man, and it's unbelievable, you know, off the field and on the field. So these guys are, are truly the best I've, th- I've seen. Um, in terms of what they've been doing, playing the, the game of football at Alcorn State,
1: you were a pretty good trigger man when you were at Alcorn State when you played during your, you know, during your playing Who is who's, who's your starting? Who is your starting quarterback coming into this season? Well, right
2: now we don't know yet. Okay. We we don't we don't name no guys until, till about the week before uh, our first ball game, and and then we'll go from there. And not necessarily they will be the start of the end. Because we got three non-conference games, and we're gonna try to see who's who gonna be able to lead this team during the course of those games, you know. So, uh, SWAC, our, our first rack opponent will be Prairie View uh, at coin. So, uh, you know, just to see those guys come in and execute, and, and see how they lead this team, and the best one to lead the team, the best is one that's gonna, gonna continue to start uh, come Prairie View game.
1: Well, can you can you tell us at least who what each brings to the table the, of the potential guys?
2: Well, you know, the, the guys got uh, Mako. Uh, he's 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 a very talented quarterback and run throw. Uh, then you got Aaron Allen, a great guy played for us last year. Got banged up a little bit, so he's coming back. Uh, Trey Lawrence, uh, another quarterback that we got, uh, to play a little bit last year against Prairie View, uh, did a great job for us. Um, and also we got a, a freshman out of a high school out of Texas, a uh, Rod Hartfield, going to be very good, very athletic guy too. So those guys going to bring a lot to the table. It's going to be very interesting when things. Thing going go against camp in the past, get on. Who's going to take the reins?
1: So, again, Fred McNair, the head football coach of Alcorn State, has uh, uh, had a chance to catch up with him at SWAC Media Day on Tuesday. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to all of those uh, outstanding affiliates around the country that carry Box to Row. We appreciate you. Uh, August 18th will be 18 years on the air for Box to Row. Of course, those the uh, those that listen to us uh, on Sirius XM Channel 142 and Sirius XM Channel 84. As always, thank you for making Box to Row a part of your day. And always remember to support those that support your Box <laughs> to Row is produced by DW Communications.